<laughs> Guys, I can't fucking wait to see that movie. I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm Edison. And this week, we are bringing you a very special feature. Oh, yes. yes. We're going to play a fun little game of Mary Fuck Kill. I cannot wait to watch this movie again. Because it's just so fucking weird. We're about to hit the dance floor at Jackrabbit Slims because we've got that Saturday night fever, baby. I loved this movie, too. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. I just pray that Green Book doesn't win Best Picture. Oh, Picard. God, I know. Welcome to Talk Movie to Me, a weekly podcast where we either feature a new release and delve into our weekend entertainment, focus in on a performer's career, or buy an extra large popcorn and do a double feature. I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm Edison. And each episode, we shout out a special listener. And who are these special people? They're our patrons, meaning they support us on Patreon. When you become a Patreon member, you get access to an exclusive episode just for you each month. You also get access to our catalog of previous Talk Movie to Me seasons, and you can rest your pretty heads on your pillow at night knowing that you're helping support your favorite podcast creators. To join this club of awesome folks, head over to patreon.com slash talkmovietome. This episode is dedicated to Francis Cap. Thank you for your generosity and support. We truly appreciate it. Miss <laughs> Sinclair, take Cap. it away. <laughs> Okay, this week we're revving up our engines and going full speed ahead into a filmography so full of romantic dramedies, it's sure to turn up the heat and help Netflix subscribers get extremely loud and incredibly close. (laughs) This actress became America's sweetheart and joined the $20 million club with her charming smile, a little practical magic, some divine secrets, and a whole lot of congeniality. But it hasn't Mm. been all handsome leading men and dollar signs. Some box office bombs have put her brand in crisis, and the net worth of her movies have gone from a steady cruise control to a 50-mile-per-hour box office crash. (laughs) But with a proposal from Netflix and a film with some critical gravity, her career seemed to bounce back overnight while you were sleeping. So let's stuff our bras with donuts, throw on a dress, put gel in our hair, and get armed and fabulous. It's time to put the career of Sandra Bullock in focus. Yes. Yes. I cannot believe we haven't done her yet. She's a lady. (laughs) She's she's a a lady. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when we brought her up for this segment... I was in disbelief that we hadn't covered her before. I know, know. same, yeah. Well, listen, I'm coming in hot because I think I got the (laughs) shit end of the stick, okay, with the Sandy Bullock movies this week, I gotta say. Really? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you kind of decide who watches what, so that's that's your fault. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm a glutton for punishment then. I don't know. Mm. But, okay, Mm -hmm. let's start this off by learning a little bit about where Sandra grew up. Yeah, so Sandra Bullock was born in Arlington, Virginia on July 26, 1964. Her mother was a German opera singer, and she mm-hmm. actually spent most of her childhood growing up in Germany and in Austria, and she grew up speaking German. I did not then know came, that. I know, me neither. Um, and then came back to the States and went to high school in Virginia, and then received a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Drama from East Carolina University. And then she moved to Manhattan to become an actress. In Manhattan, she actually took acting classes with Sanford Meisner, who 
started the neighborhood playhouse, which is the school that I went to. So Sandra and I are basically the same. Yeah. Basically have the same career. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then she started doing some theater and was discovered in an off-Broadway play by a director who then suggested her for a film. And that's kind of how she got into the, the film world. It's so funny to think of her as having grown up in Europe. Like, she's just so American. She doesn't yeah. feel European in the slightest. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I know. Yeah. And a lot of her roles are like a Southern, either totally. a Southern belle or a no-nonsense Southern gal. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I actually watched one of these early independent films, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it was <laughs> interesting. Okay. It's a film called Hangmen. It's from 1987, directed mm-hmm. by J. Christian Ingvordsen. Yeah, I actually found a really horrible version of this on YouTube. Nice. I honestly don't even know what it's about. I, I honestly <laughs> don't. I don't. If you look at the synopsis on IMDb, I don't even think IMDb knows because it's just two <laughs> very long paragraphs with characters and, and plots and just a bunch of random sentences. And I don't, yeah, so I don't even think IMDb knows what this movie is. Basically, Sandra Bullock <laughs> plays the girlfriend of the, the son of the main character okay. and she gets kidnapped. That's oh, okay. honestly all that really matters. Hmm. That's what happens in the film. She plays the girlfriend. This was her feature film debut. This is like the first feature she ever did. And this film obviously didn't go anywhere. But after Sandra Bullock got famous, they started marketing this film Hmm. with a huge picture of her on the cover. Then the names of the actual stars of the movie, just very small (laughs) font underneath. But this time she did a bunch of low-budget independent films, and she also did a lot of TV parts as well. She got a part on a sitcom called Working Girl. She did Mm -hmm. 12 episodes of this. There's only one season. I think only eight episodes uh, were aired. And this was a show that was modeled after the Melanie Griffith movie, Working Girl, Mm. that's directed by Mike Mm. Nichols. So... Yeah, it's it, that's definitely a better role than the role she had in, in Hangman, where she was just playing basically like the helpless girlfriend. But her stardom definitely mm. helped these previous projects gain some sort of recognition because even mm. the show Working Girl, they ended up showing a bunch of reruns. Like it had, oh, had okay. a little traction in, in syndication after right. she got really famous. Were you able so, to watch some of that? That's on YouTube as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you could go on there and see some of those early episodes. I don't really recommend watching Hangman. I like barely got through <laughs> it and still don't know what happens in it. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, girl. it's just interesting how her stardom like definitely helped impact the marketing of some of her earlier work that was yeah. pretty much unsuccessful <laughs> mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yeah. She kind so, of like slogged along for a while, like, you know, yeah. she had almost almost a decade of not getting anywhere. Yeah, hmm. and I think she also was a waitress for a while. She always talks about what, you know, when she was waiting tables and mm-hmm. so she actually did have a like classic yeah. rise to stardom story. She's one of those people that didn't become successful in Hollywood through nepotism. <laughs> like mm-hmm. she yeah. actually got her got a degree then moved to New York, studied with some acting coaches there, did plays, did off-Broadway plays, you know, like mm-hmm. the way that you think you are supposed 
to do it. And in today's day and age, it feels increasingly difficult to try to be successful in less that way. and less likely they're either children like you say uh-huh. of people who are already famous or they've yeah. gotten famous on social media it's just so mm-hmm. hard so speaking of our dear sandy becoming a huge superstar we had to decide on the movie that put her career on the map and it is definitely without question speed mm-hmm. from oh, 1994 yeah. directed by on Bont. This was a huge movie. Keanu Reeves just looking hotter than ever. Oh, yes. He plays a police officer who has to prevent a bomb that's been planted on a city bus. He's trying to prevent it from exploding. And in order to do this, they need to actually keep the bus above 50 miles per hour. Mm -hmm. This is, yeah, such a huge movie. And this was Sandra Bullock in a star-making role. It also has Dennis Hopper, who's this disgruntled bomber. He's an amazing villain in this movie. He's actually really yeah. scary. And Jeff Daniels mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so yes. we had all seen this mm-hmm. previously. Oh my God, yeah. I've seen this like at least three or four times before, but it was actually so fun to revisit it. Yeah, yeah. this movie was a big part of the 90s for me. This mm. was a big movie for me. So what was it like watching this again for you guys? Oh, I absolutely loved it. It was Mm -hmm. so fun. I think this is actually a really smart film because Mm -hmm. it's a pretty simple story and kind of plot set up, right? And it's pretty efficient filmmaking. There's not a whole lot of filler until the end. The end gets totally ludicrous. But for that whole (laughs) chunk in the middle of them on the bus, like think about the big major, major kind of action set piece of this film is the bus leaping over the gap in the freeway right right? now that's not like the biggest thing if you think about an action movie today (laughs) that would be like something that happens 46 times and then the world's collapsing or whatever else so but that really does feel like a momentous moment in this film and i just loved it yeah keanu i mean i messaged you both when i was watching this i was like i literally can't he is outrageously (laughs) hot i cannot even (laughs) handle it it's yeah. out, It's completely foolish. Yeah. You wouldn't think that a story that takes p- place primarily on a single bus would be interesting, but it is. And I was reading some background info about the film and how the production company was worried that that wouldn't be enough, which is why they added that sequence at the end with the subway, which mm. is where it gets ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm like, it could have ended when they roll out of the bus and the bus explodes at the airport. Like, could have been the end of the movie and I would have been fine Totally. With it. Yeah. I would have preferred that. Yeah. So I think it works because Keanu and Sandra are so wonderful to watch. Mm-hmm. And something that I thought throughout this entire, you know, week of watching her films is how she makes everything better. Everything that mm-hmm. she's in, she makes it better. Yeah. And, you know, Sandra Bullock is one of the best representations of 90s leading lady charm in this movie. Oh, yeah. As soon as she appears on the screen, she's a movie star and you can tell right away. Mm-hmm. Even if she wasn't a huge movie star yet, you just knew And the cool thing about the character of Annie is that she isn't just a damsel in distress. Like, she she is, you know, screaming to Jack to help her sometimes. But she's essentially the heroine of this movie. Mm -hmm. And she's... She's driving the bus. She's actively part of how everyone gets to safety. Like, she's feisty and she's refreshing and she's funny. And, yeah, she's just perfect in this Mm -hmm. movie. 
I actually think that the reason why this is so huge for her and why it worked so much, like, because this film, you know, we talk about this all the time with, like, the star-making roles, right? This film tapped into exactly what her archetype would be for the rest of her entire career. She's not girly. She's not, like, a, yeah, a damsel in distress at all. She's kind of tomboyish, a bit of that, like, no-nonsense charm, but, like, so lovely and quick-witted and smart. And that carries on, and that's how she is in every role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for this, she was not the first choice. They actually initially wanted it to be a black actress, and so they offered the role to Halle Berry, and then offered the role to Ellen DeGeneres, and they wanted a more comedic spin on it. She didn't do it. And then mm-hmm. it was also offered to Kim Basinger and Meryl Streep. What? Oh. Could you imagine Meryl uh, Streep with Keanu Reeves? No. Oh no! Now that being said, I can uh. imagine Halle Berry actually. Yes, I can. And too. I think it it would yeah. have had a similar star making turn for her. Yeah. Well, I mean, this movie could have been bad <laughs> as for well. Sure. Like yes. this really should have been bad, honestly. Yeah. But a lot of people passed on this movie especially a lot of leading men as well. Mm-hmm. Like this went through a lot of leading men and mm-hmm. finally they did, they landed with Keanu Reeves. But yeah, a lot of people thought this movie was just going to be another Die Hard. And right. Yonda Bont was actually the cinematographer on Die Hard. So they were like, all right, oh. you're just trying to make Die Hard on a mm. bus now. Like, what are you doing? Right. But <laughs> I think that what is really unique about this film was that there is this wonderful cast of characters on this bus. Yes. Mm-hmm. riding through Los Angeles and they're actively heroic as well. So yep. it's a movie about regular people in extraordinary circumstances. And mm-hmm. even though Keanu Reeves is the hero of the story, everybody is really involved with getting to, to safety, even yep. though it has a really simple pr- premise. There's so many elements of this, this movie that make it work, especially mm-hmm. the chemistry between Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. Which is great. Like, the whole time I was watching this movie, I was like, they are so hot. They're so hot. (laughs) And was like, how did they not date in real life? But I know. I feel like she often has that chemistry with her co-stars where it's like, we're friends. Like, she has Mm. that, like, buddy, buddy chemistry with her male co-stars. All all of her (laughs) co-stars. Totally. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Well, people definitely responded in a big way to this film. Um, This was Mm -hmm. an astronomical box office success. So, on a budget of 30 million, it made like over 350 million worldwide at the box office. And absolutely established Sandra Bullock as a bankable star, like, instantly huge star and yeah. she started cleaning up and you could see like all of or, like a huge string of massive box office hits immediately following this so this mm-hmm. was couldn't have been any bigger for her yeah i mean just to wrap up speed my favorite part of this film near the end is when they're both on that aluminum panel mm-hmm. and <laughs> they've just escaped from the exploding bus and you know, Jack says to her, I have to warn you, I've heard relationships based on intense experiences never work. And Annie says, okay, we'll have to base it on sex then. And yeah. Jack goes, whatever you say, ma'am. And it's just yeah. so sexy and amazing. Yeah. And they just, yeah. You're so invested in them as a couple. Totally. At the end of the yeah. movie. It's great because this is a couple that isn't 
a couple yet, but the whole time mm-hmm. you're watching them in the film, you're invested in the fact that they're going to survive and they're going to carry on and right. and be this amazing couple after this event happens. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to warn you. I've heard relationships based on intense experiences never work. Okay. We'll have to base it on sex then. Whatever you say, man. <laughs> Okay, so we had to decide on Sandra Bullock's big three. So these are the three big films that we feel have defined her career. And there was a lot to choose from. Yes. Yeah, she has a tough. massive filmography. But Helen, you're up first. What's, uh, what's the first film we decided on? The first film is Miss Congeniality from 2000, directed by Donald Petrie, starring Sandra Bullock, obviously, uh, Benjamin Bratt, and Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. So Sandy plays Gracie Hart, an FBI agent who hasn't brushed her hair in years, lacks any meaningful personal relationships, and has a bit of an impulse control problem when it comes to working in the field. When the Bureau discovers that a terrorist is planning an attack at the Miss United States pageant, frumpy old Sandy gets assigned an undercover mission as Gracie Lou Freebush, Miss New Jersey. Gracie Um, Lou Freebush. I just love it. I know. (laughs) Honestly, this is like one of my favorite movies ever. (laughs) I I love Miss Congeniality so much. I gave it a a rewatch today. I've seen it dozens of times, but I gave it a rewatch today. And it definitely has problematic aspects to it, as do like most films (laughs) around this time. (laughs) It's trying to have a feminist angle while very much not having a feminist angle. And it's one of the movies, you know, from around this time that is doing the whole, let's give a quote-unquote ugly woman uh, a makeover, makeover and realize that yeah. she's beautiful. Um, <laughs> it's like, what, you couldn't tell that Sandra Bullock was beautiful in her cop outfit? Of course. <laughs> yeah. It's Sandra Bullock, people. <laughs> yeah. I will say that the way that it works is due to her performance because she really leans into the I am not a feminine woman. I don't give a fuck about how I look. Mm-hmm. I only care about being good at this job and like catching the bad guys. But she's so, so charming and charismatic in that that it does kind of work. Like mm-hmm. you see her get this makeover and you're like, you're stunning. And before you were not not stunning but you wouldn't really turn any heads and it it does kind of work here her comedic ability as an actress I think is really like top of the game in terms of comedic acting Mm -hmm. she's so good and it's not super super broad comedy like it's not mm-hmm. like SNL style, like over the top comedic, which works sometimes. Mm-hmm. Hers is a little bit more subtle, but it's always works for me. Mm-hmm. Like I find her hilarious. I've seen this movie so many times and I was watching it today and I was still laughing out loud at it. Like- well, I feel like around this time and throughout her career, people have always kind of made comparisons between her and Julia Roberts and Jennifer yeah. Aniston, right? Mm-hmm. These three brunette romantic comedy leads, huge stars around the same age, all hugely successful and all the rest. But they do all have a different energy and Sandra Bullock yeah. has a totally different type of comedic kind of bent and she plays that tough tomboyish thing too and that's in this which we yeah big time and 
her and Benjamin Bratt in this film did all their own stunts. And there is oh, quite a lot of... Him. No, he sucks. <laughs> there is quite a lot of physicality. He's awful. That's the worst part of this movie, actually, is his involvement and the fact that they have to have any sort of romantic anything. Like, it's okay. not needed. Do you just think Do you feel boring? the same way about him? I just... I don't know. I just look at him and I go, ooh. <laughs> I don't know what to He's say. He's smarmy. He's smarmy. Yeah, it's a smarmy thing. Yeah. Like, ugh. No. Anyways... Her and Benjamin Brad did their own stunts in this film, and there is quite a bit of physicality. And she's so capable in that way. She looks mm-hmm. like a fighter. Like, she looks like somebody who's had that type of training. And there's a sequence in the beginning of the film where she comes back to her apartment after botching a FBI raid. And it was not in the script that she does any of the physicality that she does. It's all improvised. And it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's such a b- perfect blend of physical comedy and then genuine frustration and disappointment from her character. Mm-hmm. She just yeah. she blends comedy and drama really, really well. And Miss Congeniality was a big success. It earned over two hundred million dollars worldwide, and she received a Golden Globe nomination for this role. Okay, now what yeah. about Armed and Fabulous? Terrible. <laughs> we're not happy about that one (laughs) no i think a big part of this of why miss congeniality works too it's her but the supporting cast is really strong michael Caine is so great and they have such a wonderful relationship in this too and even cheryl right like she's actually a character that you really love yeah. And you see, that could have just been the dumb other contestant role. But they yeah. actually gave her something to do and a fun arc. Yeah, yeah. yeah her crying moment where Sandra was like trying to take the crowd off yeah, her head. That's my like, favorite <laughs> moment of this movie. Is that so good. her? Yeah. Describe your perfect date. It's a tough one. <laughs> say April 25th because it's not too hot not too cold all you need is a light jacket (laughs) (laughs) all right so what's next in the big three Sinclair oh boy (laughs) (sighs) well (sighs) when I said I got this freaking shit under the stick I meant it I had to watch The Blind Side. Yes. (laughs) From 2009, directed by John Lee Hancock. You know, I saw this back in 2009, and I thought afterwards, okay, I'll never need to watch this again. (laughs) And I don't intend on ever watching this again. But here we are. Mm -hmm. This podcast is just sometimes a blessing and a curse. (laughs) All at the same time. The Blind Side. Okay, well, this is a synopsis via IMDb. The Blind Side tells the story of Michael Orr. And I'm actually just going to leave that there for a moment. We'll come back to that statement. But this (laughs) tells the story of Michael Orr, a homeless and traumatized boy who became an All-American football player and first-round NFL draft pick with the help of a caring woman and her family. So this synopsis is definitely leaving out the crucial detail of this movie 
that this ended up really being the story of Leanne Tui. Right. Who right. was and not the, southern, the story of And not the story of Michael Moore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Leanne Tui is a, a Southern Christian Republican white woman who took in <laughs> Michael, who was a young black boy. And the problem people have and had with this film was that this further promotes the white savior trope in film. Mm -hmm. And it definitely (laughs) takes a spotlight away from the black character. Yeah. So, yes, this is about this, the Tui family. And this is based on a true story. But with film, we've started to really take a step back and we've begun to say, hey, you know, this story should be more from the point of view of the black character. Right. Mm-hmm. And in this one, they could have handled this, I think, with a lot more depth. And it should have been told through a different lens. This definitely feels like they made the character of Michael more of a set piece. Mm. And they really put the spotlight on the Sandra Bullock performance and the mm-hmm. character of, of Leanne. So this is problematic for those reasons. It was problematic at the time, but I think that this was marketed as such a feel-good film and an inspirational story that a lot of this stuff was overlooked. Sandra Mm -hmm. Bullock won an Oscar for this. Um, She was definitely presented as the hero of this film. And it's always kind of bugged me that she won an Oscar for this movie because I think that she's actually better than this movie. Yeah. And she's better than this performance, too. It's... You know, she's great. She's charming. She's tough. She's mm-hmm. assertive. But it, it is kind of a cheesy role at the end of the day. And yeah, I think that this is definitely a stereotypical role that the Academy would honor. Totally. So <coughs> Green Book. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's it's. But and also kind of Julia Roberts for Brockovich, right? Brockovich totally is a different lot story. But yeah, it's this idea of like this is her Aaron Brockovich kind of role. Yeah. Yeah. Beloved like star for 20 years getting the kind of thing for playing this like tough as nails role. Yeah. So she went for this this movie and it was a commercial success. It grossed three hundred and nine million dollars. Her performance was universally praised. She won the Oscar. She won the Golden Globe. She won the SAG. This is honestly a like a lifetime movie at best for me. But <laughs> I mean, people liked it, I guess. And <laughs> I read this, and I didn't know this at the time, but Sandra Bullock won an all-deaf award for most helpful white person. What? So, yeah, so uh-huh. the all-deaf... <laughs> yeah, the all-deaf movie awards was launched by Russell Simmons, and it was kind of like a fuck you to the Oscars, and it was shining a light on all the black artists who had been snubbed by the Oscars, and it was just trying to highlight black performers and make things inclusive Mm. and Sandra Bullock actually won for 2009 and her award was called most helpful white person wow yeah it's a big year for her didn't this is also the year that she won the Razzie for all about Steve yeah so she also won the Razzie Mm. the same year that she won an Oscar for the blind side and the best part of 
her winning this Razzie. And what I just love about Sandra Bullock is that she went to the Razzies to accept the award in person. And so she got up on stage. She accepted her golden raspberry. And she gave a full speech that you can watch on YouTube. And it is hilarious. Oh, my God. I have to watch that. She has her team there with her. And that's so good. Actually gives every single person in the audience a copy of All About Steve. So, so they like wheel amazing. out a giant wheelbarrow of uh, DVDs of All About Steve. And it's just so one of those good. moments where you're like, Sandra Bullock, you're a class act. Totally. You know, you can make fun of yourself. You're completely self-aware and you're just a lot of fun. And she banters with the audience. They roast her. She roasts them. And mm-hmm. she's just such a good sport. And it's you, you realize and remember why you love Sandra Bullock when you watch mm-hmm. that. It's That's also great. a real flex. Yeah. She yeah. knows that she's so huge that yeah. she can laugh at that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a real kind of a real boss move, actually. Yeah. And, okay. The uh, Another upside to Sandra Bullock winning an Oscar for The Blind Side is the fact that she beat Meryl Streep for Julia and Julia. <laughs> so thank God for that. Uh, One good Claire. thing that came out of The Blind Side. <laughs> Meryl Streep was so good in that, Sinclair. Anyway. Okay, sure. And the winner is Sandra Bullock. This is the first Academy Award and nomination for Sandra Bullock. Did I really earn this or did I just wear you all down? Um, I, I would like to thank the Academy. Okay, so last up on the big three is 2013's Gravity, written and directed by Alfonso Cuaron and starring Sandra Bullock as Ryan Stone, an astronaut mourning the death of her daughter. She is happy to get away from Earth and just enjoy the silence of space, but after an accident destroys their ship, She becomes a sole survivor and has to figure out a way to get herself safely back to Earth. So, George Clooney is also in this. Spoiler alert, not for long. And and so, basically, 90% of this movie is just Sandra Bullock in Mm. space. This is essentially a one-woman show. And so, you need a really big star like her to kind of hold this. And when I was reading through this... It was actually really fascinating to me to discover that she was not the first pick for this film at all. Hmm. It actually originally was offered to Angelina Jolie, um, Scarlett Johansson, Mm. Robert Downey Jr., (laughs) Blake Lively, Natalie Portman, and they had already all turned it down. And then it got to Sandra Bullock. Wow. So the process of all of that casting stuff was happening prior to Sandy winning the Oscar for The Blind Side. But then she won before the contracts were signed. And so that allowed her to negotiate a really huge deal for herself for this film. So she negotiated $20 million plus 15% of the movie's first dollar gross revenue. So what that means is literally she gets 15% of every single dollar that the studio makes for Gravity. In its mm. box office run, in DVD sales, in merchandising, in TV distribution, everything. So wow. just from the box office alone, which was $723 million, 
the studio would have gotten like half of that. And then after their budget comes out, her 15% would have been worth about $57 million. Wow. On top of the $20 million that they paid her up front. So she earned Crazy. $77 million just from the box office run of this film. That's nuts. Ka-ching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the movie was amazing. It continued this critical acclaim streak. It was nominated mm-hmm. for 10 Oscars, including Picture mm-hmm. of the Year and including her for Best Lead Actress. Neither mm-hmm. of those won it, but it won seven other mm-hmm. Oscars. Mm-hmm. So it was a huge movie. I rewatched this again the other night, finally so happy to on my new TV. And I was like, oh, oh God, yeah. this movie so good. It was mm. so good. You guys have, have you both seen it? Yeah, I ne- I didn't love Gravity. <laughs> I thought it was really. Yeah, I thought it was like technically amazing, but like story wise, I didn't. I didn't particularly l- love it, but I appreciate it for its like the technical marvel of it. I actually still have not seen Gravity. That this as well as why do I always forget the name of the movie? The one in space with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, Interstellar. Oh, uh, in- Inter- Interstellar. I haven't seen Interstellar either. Mm. And I feel like they came out around the same time. And I was like, they both look like boring space movies. I'm not interested. (laughs) Yeah, I actually would be curious. You may not like Gravity Helen. It's not really your cup of tea. But Mm -hmm. I think you'd appreciate her performance in it. Mm -hmm. Definitely, this is a a technically incredible film. And that was the big thing, right? Seeing this in the IMAX. the, The cinematography is breathtaking, for sure. But... It's one of her big three because, well, it made her an absolute obscene fortune, mm-hmm. uh, but also it's all her. It's just right. literally all her. So that's obviously like her biggest paycheck on this whole thing. And it's like an almost absurd paycheck for anyone, like one of the highest of any actor ever, right? Mm-hmm. But we also pick, each time we do an in focus, a movie that fits the paycheck for mm-hmm. the actor that we're that we're focusing on. And in this one, we decided to go with Netflix with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> because she is the queen of Netflix. And we don't know the details in terms of her earnings, but she is a producer on these films as well. Bird Box and The Unforgivable. And they are both incredibly successful. So I'm sure that there's a back-end Netflix deal that's making her an obscene amount of coin. But they keep all their stuff so private. Yeah. Yeah. So basically when Bird Box came out, this was a huge hit on Netflix. Yeah. It's directed by one of my faves, Suzanne Bear, mm-hmm. which was really exciting. And it's based off a novel by Josh Mallerman. And mm. it's a post-apocalyptic movie with something very ominous in the air that's driving people to suicide if they look directly at it. Mm-hmm. So... Basically, people need to survive in a world with a blindfold on. And I mean, the premise is really ridiculous. (laughs) This movie also had no business being at all watchable, but it was. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally was. Yeah, Helen, you watched this again recently. I did. So I I do remember when this came out and it was around Christmas time on Netflix and it was a huge deal. And I was very engaged in watching it, even though I didn't think it was amazing. Yeah. There was something about the way that it was structured that mm-hmm. it was just very, very engaging. And yeah, I, I gave it a... Re- I think I've actually watched it again since then. So this is probably my third watch on Bird Box. Whoa. And That's a lot of times to watch Bird Box, Helen. It, it absolutely <laughs> is. <laughs> um, There's other movies and, out there. 
I know. I realize that. And, um, but I will say that, like, again, she does elevate the film. She's not very funny in this film. It's not a funny film. But... <laughs> a but post-apocalyptic is... comedy. Bird box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <sighs> but she is an incredible dramatic actress as well. And... Something about this movie hooks me. I don't know what it is. Well, it's not that good. I don't actually like it. You very and much. I had a huge debate after the first time we watched this movie. Like, do you remember? Oh, did we? oh I yeah. We've, Sinclair, we've had so many debates. I know, but I know, this like, one was a big one. It was the Great Bird Box debate. Okay, well, tell me what happened. I forget. <laughs> we the were Great arguing Bird about Bird Box debate. Yeah, we were arguing about what this presence actually was, and you were like, "It's okay. a virus," and I'm like, "No, it's the apocalypse. Like, it's actually mm. biblical." And you're like, "It's a mm. virus," and I'm like, "No, it's a biblical apocalypse." And we went back and forth about that. I mean, this movie's basically a slightly better version of The Happening, <laughs> right? This movie was absolutely enormous when it came out like it mm. actually broke records for everything that netflix said that 80 million people watched this movie 80 million <laughs> wow. of their subscribers watched this which is completely insane and i loved this movie it was like it was kind of like when remember netflix when it was around this time like everything yeah. would be so hype it right? was Stranger so things hyped. comes out yeah. yeah and it's like every single person in the world has to watch stranger things right and yeah. then this and came out like, it was like every Black person Mirror. in the world has to watch this mm-hmm. totally um, now there's like yeah. so much on netflix that mm-hmm. were and all of the rest of the streaming services that it's not the same mm-hmm. um except her new film oh, the unforgivable boy. has also cracked the top 10 most watched films on netflix and is mm-hmm. another absolutely huge success and i will say the unforgivable is oh, unforgivable no. yeah <laughs> So The Unforgivable came out in 2021. It's directed by Nora Fingscheidt. And she also directed a movie called System Crasher, which I've talked about on the podcast before. And I really liked that one. So this was a kind of a disappointment for me because I felt after I watched System Crasher that she was a very promising director, which she still is. But this one is a bit of a stinker. So... Okay, Edison was texting me. He was pissed uh, while watching this movie. He was, I, I was like, this movie is ridiculous. And Edison was like, it's worse than ridiculous. And so he was in a mood about this movie. Finally, Ooh. it wasn't me that was all riled up about something. I hated this movie Ooh, so why? much. Why? Tell me. I haven't because seen it. I it is know an, why you hated it. It's just like an, a relentless bashing you in the face with complete oh. and utter misery. Okay. You want... You were like, oh, Bird Box, it's not really a comedy. No, there's not even an instant. There's not a crack, a slither, a sniff, a breath of wind of comedy in this film. Mm. It's just pure, bleak, grim, dracitude, shades of gray, awful horrendousness from start to finish. Every single person is unlikable. Every character, you don't give a single flying flan to come fuck what happens to them. Oh, including no. Sandra Bullock. She has no yeah. charm. Her charm isn't present. Yeah, Sandy goes hard in The Unforgivable, for sure. Okay, so basically a little context. Sandra Bullock plays a woman who was released from prison after serving 20 years. And she's trying to become a part of society again. But then there's also this 
side plot line of her searching for her sister and then there's this mystery that's being revealed to us as the movie goes on about what actually happened to her and her sister why she was sent to jail Hmm. we find out she killed a cop on their family farm so the premise of that film actually sounds interesting yeah Mm -hmm. i thought that this film just was made really poorly. It yeah. feels like a 90s made-for-TV movie. I, I and... felt the same way, too. I was like, is this an episode of, like, CSI? Oh. It, it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which And I... the reveal at the end literally made my blood boil. It was so <laughs> cheap and stupid and predictable. Yeah. And this is the thing. I think that this pairing, this director and Sandra Bullock, hmm. should have produced a better movie because system crasher is really gritty and it's about children going through the foster care system and how the system is you know very hard on you sandra bullock is in jail for 20 years she's you know caught up in this system and i i think that she can realistically portray a woman who has been in jail for 20 mm-hmm. years she's tough yeah. she looks I believe physically that. I not believe... with her face though not, well so that's an that's another issue though is that her face does look like it's had some work done and there's flashbacks yeah. of 20 years prior where she looks this like she's had work like she looks like she's had work done in the past yeah. as well so there's a disconnect there to be honest <laughs> the reason I wasn't jumping on watching it is because I'd seen the trailers pop up on Netflix and her face was deterring me from watching it because I'm like, there is no way that a woman who's been in prison for 20 years would have a face like that. Yeah. <laughs> what, and they don't give out fillers and cheek implants? In <laughs> as far as I know, they do not. <laughs> but, you know, it, it it's a similar feeling I was having to watching Nicole in Being the Ricardos. It's mm-hmm. like, show me a woman with, with some lines on her face that's going to look the way the majority of women look when they're in their mid to late 50s. Yeah. <laughs> But after watching this, you really do feel like, you know what? Sandra Bullock, I don't think has had the right opportunity for a really, really great, dramatic, gritty role. Yeah. And I I think she could do it. A hundred percent. I do too. She just hasn't had the right project. And she doesn't really work with auteurs or really experimental directors at all. And she's such a huge movie star. So she doesn't do Mm. a lot of independent film. Yeah. But... You know, you put her in in the right movie with the right director, and I think that she could have an amazing dramatic performance. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree completely with that for sure. I think this film let her down. I don't think that it was her fault. I believed her as that character. Yeah. I just think the film itself was bad. Yeah. And I agree with that. But I also was watching it, and I was like, oh, really? Her strength is her like charm her wit her comedy yeah. that particular charisma mm-hmm. it's why i'm so excited for one of the ones that's in the upcoming which you'll mm-hmm. get to later helen but like i was like i missed that sandy you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure even yeah. in oceans eight which was just a few years ago that she was so fun in that like yeah. oh yeah okay well speaking of drama uh now <laughs> <laughs> i i mean i hate to move from one bad movie to another, but that's just how she rolls sometimes. But they're totally different. They're totally yes, very different. different. Now, I mean, this does have some comedy. For sure. Victoria Edison. <laughs> so, <laughs> look, Sandra Bullock has some stinkers on her filmography 
Yes, but the ultimate don't we all? But the ultimate stinker is Speed Two Cruise Control, mm-hmm. and directed by the same director, Jan de Bont, coming back for Speed Two. I don't even know <laughs> necessarily where to begin with this movie. This was such a friggin' romp, boy. Uh, okay, basically Sandra Bullock reprises her <laughs> role as Annie, mm-hmm. but. Keanu Reeves didn't come back for this movie. So when this film starts, you realize that they're not together anymore and they've broken up. And now she's with this new character, Alex, played by Jason Patrick, who is not Keanu Reeves. No, he is not. Like, no shade, Uh Jason Patrick, but you're not (laughs) Keanu. Yeah, so like right away, you're a bit disappointed because the previous movie, you you have become so invested in Annie... And Jack, at the end of it, you want to see that carry on. And that's really what Speed 2 should have been. But it isn't. So right away, I feel like you're let down. And there's just no coming back from the beginning of this movie. It's just all, it's all downhill. It's all down sea. Yeah, yeah, downstream. <laughs> down time, Edison, downstream. Yeah, you're nautical, Edison. Like, you're, you're seafaring. You, what would you say? Emma... It's going well, straight I'd to say, the bottom of the ocean. Sinking ship. There it sink is. Sinking ship. Yeah. It's a sinking <laughs> ship. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. I didn't realize that Keanu wasn't in this. I had forgotten. And I did see this oh. movie way, way back in the, you know, in the 90s or whatever. But I just never remembered, I guess. And then mm. I started watching and I was like, wait, what? Oh, no. I'm so disappointed. Yeah. This movie is very bad. I mean, even Sandra's charms can't save Speed 2 Cruise Control. And... No. You did text at one point Sinclair saying I was going to get Titanic PTSD. And it's true. There is a lot of similarities to Titanic. Not at all in the same realm of film, obviously. No. Um, But it's just... This this movie is just completely absurd. And then you also have Willem Dafoe like leeching himself, which is (laughs) just a little cherry on top of... Yeah. Speed 2. And see, Willem Dafoe is, uh, he, he plays a great villain, but this yeah. it's the tone of this one that's really off, and you don't know yeah. if you're supposed to take him seriously or not, and you can't really take him seriously. You where, absolutely cannot. Where with Dennis Hopper in the, fir- in, in the first Speed, you he's really scary, mm-hmm. yes. actually, and you feel like the stakes are really high, yes. and you're invested yes. in the characters, where in this one, you aren't invested in anyone. You can't take anyone seriously, and... One thing I really didn't like about this was that they really ruined the character of Annie. Mm. They made her, I don't know if they just dumbed her down or something, but they made her kind of like whimsy and even at the beginning, incompetent incompetent at the beginning of the film, it's like she doesn't know Jason Patrick's character works for the LAPD. And it's like, really? You know, they did such a great job with her character in the first one. To see this version of it, it's a bit disappointing. And she's a horrible driver. And it's like, okay, I get that your license got taken away for speeding prior to speed one. But then you did successfully drive that bus, like, all around L.A. So I don't buy that you can't, like, pass a driver's test. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I also felt like she wasn't really in it. No. It's so no. weird. Like, it, it was really, I was watching and I was like, wait, where is Sandra Bullock? Like, mm-hmm. she, it's not like the Unforgivable irritated me because I th- wanted it to be good and expected it to be good. This one was 
an absolute disaster, literally. But for some reason, it was just such camp absurdity that it mm. didn't offend me. Right. I was yeah. just like, it's actually kind of cheesy fun in a weird way. Oh, Not there was I'd some great laugh out loud moments. <laughs> For sure. For oh sure. my God, Sinclair. So that's that one little moment that you sent to us of yeah. the woman on the phone where she's like, oh, I can't, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And meanwhile, the cruise ship is crashing into St. Martin. <laughs> and the way that she turns and drops the phone is so, I was, when I saw that, I literally had to pause because I was howled. I also so screamed. Much. I was laughing so hard. Um, for listeners, there's basically like four seconds of this movie with a like a bystander lady on the phone. That's the best part of this film and it's four seconds of just sheer comedy joy and wonder it's the best part of the whole damn movie also i need to say jason patrick did he even save the day in the end because there was a lot of destruction a lot of destruction that's a very good point did they achieve anything the oil tanker did blow up it did blow up the island of saint martin destroyed yeah Yeah, all these people demolished this port town like it was completely demolished yeah so i was the day even saved i don't think so i don't know but willem dafoe didn't get the diamonds willem dafoe was looking really beachy though and great like he had like sun-kissed hair he looked very young with that all that hair it was it was a lot of skin yeah so did you know (laughs) so originally sandra bullock also declined being in this Mm -hmm. film she wasn't going to do it, but yeah. then she agreed to on the condition that she get financial backing for Hope Floats, right? which came out in 1998. Oh, mm-hmm. so yeah. there was a deal and there. Yeah. There was a deal that way. So she said, okay, I'll do this one if you back Hope Floats. Yeah. And she got paid like $12 million for this role in this yeah. movie too. So I'm sure that she, that was also a pretty strong incentive. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it didn't really hurt her career because she was already an America's sweetheart at this point. Like she did the net while you were sleeping. She did a time to kill. So she had some like critical mm-hmm. success with that. And she just bounced back from this really easily, to be honest. Totally. And she gets to work with Keanu again in the future with the lake house. I love the lake house. Oh, you would. It's not one we're going to talk about, but it's lovely to see them reunite. And I just love one of those weird kind of time travel love stories. So good. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, now, do you know, I've never, ever seen it. But after oh, rewatching good. Speed right now, now I feel like I just want to watch it again to see their chemistry. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. You should watch it. Agreed. Can I make all the travel plans from now on? Deal. Right. Well, I was tasked with watching Sandra in a new light, and I decided to watch The Net from 1995. Mm. I had never seen this movie before. Mm. And here's the description courtesy of IMDb. A computer programmer stumbles upon a conspiracy, putting her life and the lives of those around her in great danger. So this is directed by Erwin Winkler and along with Sandra Bullock stars uh, Jeremy Northam. I was excited to watch this because I heard good things and we did actually put out a call on our Instagram for a fan favorite movie. We didn't pick the net for fan favorite, uh, but it did actually get quite a few votes. Mm -hmm. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember loving this movie as a kid, but I'm so curious to know whether it holds up. Mm. Well, it's a really fun movie to watch 
from a nostalgic perspective. Right. Because mm-hmm. right away, you know, she's a computer analyst who basically people send her floppy disks uh, for <laughs> websites or yeah. programs that have viruses. She has to figure out where the virus is and like extract it essentially. And she's, you know, in a chat room uh, chatting with people on the internet and uh, there's a lot of floppy disks involved in this in this movie. It's entertaining to watch this film from 2022 because there has been a lot of advancement, obviously, technologically. But it's interesting to watch her in this role because she is kind of this like reclusive computer woman who doesn't have a lot of friends. No one even really knows who she is, which is why she kind of becomes the perfect target for uh, the sinister mission that's going on. Mm -hmm. I really liked this movie and I had no idea what was going to happen in it. And it takes like a fair amount of twists and turns that I could not predict. Mm. And I really enjoyed that because, you know, a lot of movies are very predictable. And this one I didn't find to be very predictable. And it was written by uh, John Brancato and Michael Ferris, who also wrote the game. Mm. And it feels very similar to the game. Oh, cool. Yeah. And she's really good in this. Again, not a ton of comedy being brought into it, but she plays an action lead actress role, essentially, in this film. And she's very successful at it. And it showcases the side of her as an actress that is not leaning into the comedic bit, but is supernaturalistic. Mm -hmm. And... you know also not super dramatic just like a very naturalistic engaging performance and and she's really good in it yeah she's an every woman yeah you know like she can really do it all it's it's, very impressive (laughs) okay Sinclair well you were tasked with watching a hidden gem film yeah this one was a really interesting experience and watch okay I watched a movie called The Thing Called Love from 1993 So this was pre-Speed. It's directed by Peter Bogdanovich, who recently passed away, a great American filmmaker, RIP to Peter. So this film stars River Phoenix, Samantha Mathis, Dermot Mulroney, and Sandra Bullock. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. What an interesting cast. Okay, Very interesting cast. It's about these four singer-songwriters who are looking for country music stardom in Nashville. Huh. And I was always drawn to watching this movie just because I loved the poster for it. Samantha A- yeah. Mathis is on the cover. She's in this like really mm. like hot 90s musician outfit. She has this guitar and I was always drawn to this this poster. So this is interesting. Samantha Mathis is the lead in this. She plays Miranda mm-hmm. who has come to Nashville to be a country music star and she falls for River Phoenix His character Mm -hmm. is this up-and-coming, very talented country musician. And Sandra Bullock plays Linda Lou Linden. Linda Lou Linden, Linden, y'all. So she's trying to make it in the music business as well. And her and Miranda become friends. and And Miranda ends up staying with Linda Lou Linden. So this movie didn't do well when it was released. It's not a great movie, but it's not a bad movie. The problem with this film, I think, is River Phoenix 
died two months after this film's released oh. and this was his last completed film okay and he is visibly not well in oh. this movie so it's really hard for people to separate this film from that tragedy mm. because you can see it unfolding like you can see him declining yeah in this oh film. that's really so sad. heartbreaking yeah so this was a really financially unsuccessful movie. It was the most fina- financially unsuccessful movie of 1993, which is what? crazy because <laughs> it's not bad. Hmm. You know, it's it's not a bad movie. Like I said, it's not great, but it's definitely not a bad film. And so River Phoenix and Samantha Mathis were actually dating at the time. And oh. he sings in the film. All the actors do their own singing. He was actually in a band in real life. So River Phoenix does sing in this film. And Sandra Bullock sings in this film as well. Hmm. She's not great, but okay. <laughs> that's actually part of her character's charm. Hmm. She's Uh really, really lovely in this. And she's playing this like sweet Southern girl. And it's just kind of a a nice movie. It it was a nice watch, to be honest. Hmm. And I think that, you know, because this movie was two months before River's death, it's it's hard for people to watch this knowing what happens to him. So I think it's just right. a matter of not being able, able to separate the two. And I don't think it's mm. the the best movie that Peter Bogdanovich did, but definitely don't think it deserves the the low rating that it has. It, it was mm. definitely a, an interesting watch and there's really charming parts and it's just super 90s and Sandra Bullock is really wonderful in it and she's actually in a lot more of it than i thought she would be you know oftentimes when people especially really really big promising young stars die way before their time Mm -hmm. people really kind of go love their last film you know yeah Um, Yeah. but because probably exactly what you said about river you can see it in this one it's not gonna be the one that people revisit for Mm -hmm. him yeah Okay, well, that was the Hidden Gem Sinclair. Mm -hmm. So now we've got one that is not hidden. This is the one that we (laughs) asked you, our followers on Instagram, to let us know what your pick was. And this was the most. Yeah, we we got a lot of picks for Miss Congeniality. That was a a big one. While You Were Sleeping was also a favorite. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quite a number of votes actually for A Time to Kill, which is not a feel-good movie in any sense, but it's definitely a a good film. But the number one most voted Sandy film from the Sandy fans out there was The Proposal (laughs) Mm -hmm. from 2009, directed by Anne Fletcher. Yeah. Yes. So Sandra Bullock plays this no-nonsense she-devil boss of Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) And she's actually Canadian. And her job Mm -hmm. is being threatened because she is going to be deported back to Canada. So she forces Ryan Reynolds, who is her assistant, to say that they're going to get married so she can keep her job and stay in the country. Mm -hmm. So the majority of this film is actually spent in Alaska because Ryan Reynolds character brings Sandra Bullock home to meet his family and they have some sort of like Alaskan dynasty so of course they arrive at this beautiful Alaskan home and there's like a wonderful you know, know wealthy setting and I gotta say I actually hated how much I laughed during this movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Honestly. I saw this film when it came out. Obviously, mm. everybody did. This was mm. a huge film. And this film kind of did re 
ignite her career too because she had had a right. little bit of a of a like quiet spell before this but it was huge and then I never saw it again since and I watched this Sunday morning and I was like oh fine I'll have to watch that movie <laughs> and I I cackled from I know finish. I know yeah I know it's, it's honestly, really funny fun. it's the most 2009 movie probably right. that exists it it even features Sandra Bullock doing a dance break to Get Low by Lil John and the East Side Boys. So, yeah. I mean, that's very yeah. 2009. And it has literally every single romantic comedy trope. Right. Everyone, basically. But they are really charming together. And mm-hmm. they're so easy to watch. That's what it comes yeah. down to. They're funny. And they're easy to watch. Yeah. And it definitely feels like a dynamic that in the past roles would have been reversed gender wise. Mm -hmm. Like it is kind of nice to see her as this, you know, powerful executive and Ryan Reynolds is just there to do her bidding essentially. And it is really fun to watch the power shift between them throughout the film. Yeah. Yeah. She is really, really, really excellent in this role. Yeah. I love this character for her because it's perfect. She is giving us Miranda Priestly at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> she is serving hard ass bitch with no time for anyone. But you know that the warmth is going to come through because it's Andrew right. Bullock. And yeah. so when it does, because she is just so, so lovable and wonderful. Yeah. It like is really really great. You just fall in love with the character. You mm-hmm. see her her like walls of the defense walls breaking down and mm-hmm. and like coming down and her the vulnerability revealing itself and you really root for her mm-hmm. and root for them because Ryan Reynolds yeah. is a really generous co star in this as yeah. well. Yeah, he really really like plays off of her, lets her take the lead, and yes, that's a character, but also in their scenes too, just the way. I find him to be a very reactive actor mm. and he's like bantery and that's right, what works right, for right. him and yeah. that's why their dynamic is so mm-hmm. strong in this. I mean, them, them falling in love is definitely forced in this movie and I wasn't yeah. at any <laughs> point convinced that they actually were falling in love, but mm. it doesn't matter with mm-hmm. this movie you know it just it just doesn't matter you just kind of accept it and i believe it, that and it, <laughs> i mean it just happened so fast and it's so forced and it's very tropey so it, it you didn't happen tro- so fast oh, Sinclair. they okay, worked together yeah, for three years oh, right. okay, sure. <laughs> well one thing that was very convincing was betty white <laughs> Right. Of course. Yeah. As the grandma. <laughs> She's so good. My favorite line that she says when she goes up to Sandra Bullock's character She's like, should I call you Margaret or would you prefer Satan's mistress? Yeah. <laughs> and you just know Ryan Reynolds has been just bad mouthing his boss for years. Totally. Yeah. It's a great moment. And was also a giant success. Like, again, at the box office, she, she pretty much always knocks it out of the park, but mm. this was really big it made 300 million dollars as well so one of the more one of the biggest ones on her whole filmography actually mm-hmm. yeah hey. margaret's my mom oh hello uh, yeah right so, uh, this is my cami annie pleasure well hello there now do you prefer being called margaret or satan's mistress <laughs> we've heard it both ways actually we've heard it lots of ways she's kidding well, what is Sandy's pop culture moment, Edison? So 
I would say that her pop culture moment is like the year following this and mm. in like 2010. Let's say mm. 2010 is Sandy's pop culture moment because really so much happened to her in that year. Yeah. So in 2005, she got married to Jesse James. Mm-hmm. And he is like a biker, owns a bike shop, was on mm-hmm. TV series about that Monster Garage on the Discovery Channel. They actually met while she was touring the set of that show. But in 2010, like within 10 days of her winning her Oscar for The Blind Side, all these reports came out of him having cheated on her. Right. So she left his ass. They separated. And they had been in the process of adopting this boy, Louis, mm-hmm. or or an adoption process broadly in general mm-hmm. for like four years. Yeah. Um, but then she decided to go forward with that on her own. Yeah. And so then like was announced on the huge People magazine cover, mm-hmm. Meet My Baby, right? Three months after the secret adoption. Mm-hmm. So she definitely handled all of this press masterfully. Yeah. Her t- whether it was her or her team or whatever. The thing about Sandra Bullock, Sandy has always been very private. Like, we yeah. don't know shit yeah. about her private life, really, right? She's never been that th- type of thirsty celebrity, even remotely, mm-hmm. to, like, mm-hmm. be out with the paparazzi or do any of that. You never mm-hmm. really got the sense. She's comfortable as a star, but you never get the sense that she's, like, hungry for that type of attention. And so she just basically came off of the biggest year of her life professionally. Mm-hmm. And then that happened. How awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's infuriating to think that she was in the process of the adoption for as long as that took. She wins this Oscar and then immediately after to have that all yeah. crash oh. down around you. Like mm-hmm. that's it's. But that's <sighs> happened with a lot of, you know, leading ladies that win an yeah. Oscar. Halle Berry. I, I think it had Reese Witherspoon. They all got yeah. divorced shortly after and there was infidelity issues. Right. But I think kind of like with Nicole Kidman after her and Tom Cruise divorced and then she had those big years professionally, right? Mm. The public really sided with Sandra Bullock. Oh, yeah. For yeah, sure. because that was, was that's America's, America's sweetheart. sweetheart. Yeah. yeah. How are you, how are you going to cheat on her? No. Especially yeah. then? Like it was very, no, 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 yeah. no. Like he still, he said in an interview just a few years ago that he literally still gets people oh, messaging God. him on Twitter. I bet. Like telling him off about it. And he's like, oh my goodness. Like, well, let's forget about the past. Let's look towards the future, shall we? Yes. <laughs> yep. Sandy has some stuff up and coming, and I can't wait to talk about it. So this year, The Lost City is coming out. That's and the one. I cannot wait. It looks like so much fun. Here is the description, courtesy of IMDb. A reclusive romance novelist on a book tour with her cover model gets swept up in a kidnapping attempt that lands them both in a cutthroat jungle adventure. So this is Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum, and it looks like a freaking blast. Mm. It looks like the good old Sandy that we know and love, you know? Just a barrel of laughs, and I actually can't wait to see it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can't either. It's going to be so good. Also, Channing Tatum hasn't done anything in a while either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and I think, it, I think they'll be a good match. Is, does she ever not have chemistry with her co-stars? Mm-hmm. Like, actually? Yeah, I guess not. But some of the men shine more than others. And I think that his kind of, like, aloofness is going to work well with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's funny. He's good at yeah, being yeah, funny, he too. Is. 
So I yeah. think that that I think you're right. I think it'll be great. And this is exactly that type of like her in, an, in a kind of an actiony film that's comedy. Mm-hmm. It's deploying all of her big strengths. I'm sure it's going to be a huge hit. And yeah, I, think yeah, I so. can't wait. Uh, and then also this year coming out is Bullet Train. And here Ooh. is the description for that. Five assassins aboard a fast-moving bullet train find out their missions have something in common. This is directed by David Leach, and he also directed Atomic Blonde. Um, oh. I actually considered putting this on my list for uh, most anticipated, but I didn't want to curse it, so I didn't. Um. <laughs> but I'll let you know who else is in this film. So I'm not entirely sure who the five assassins are, Willing to bet that Brad Pitt is one of them because he's in this film. Uh, Zazie Beetz, Aaron Taylor Johnson, our favorite. Uh, Joey <gasps> King. We've got some Michael Shannon in this. It looks like it's going to be oh, good. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Ooh, that's interesting because Atomic Blonde, I loved that movie. Yeah, yeah. If it's similar, that type of vibe, ooh, that's going to be good. And sh- I'm excited to see her in that type of film. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Okay, well, we have to decide on our Desert Island film. We can only take one of Sandra Bullock's movies to our Desert Island. We're stranded there forever. Forever. No water, no food. <laughs> I mean, for, no, no water. technology, we'll days, except <laughs> I guess we have some technology because we're somehow playing this movie. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> Helen, what are you going to pick for your Desert Island movie? I mean, I I have to pick Miss Congeniality. You know, I watched this one again today after seeing it already dozens of times. I still loved it. I still laughed. I was, my attention was held throughout the whole thing. She's so charming and fun and funny in this movie. And I am, as much as I like criticize the makeover, I am also kind of a sucker for the makeover. <laughs> yeah. So she does look That's great. That's the real tea. She looks great. She looks amazing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Edison. What about you, Edison? Um, so for me, it's going to be Gravity. And okay. I will tell you why. Not just because I love the film, but because. It's make you feel so alone. <laughs> yeah. You're already so no. isolated. You're alone by yourself. No food, no water. It- no, friends. no, there's water. You're on a deserted island. So I'll tell you why. And it's because you spend this whole film trapped in this like sterile metal space. <laughs> uh-huh. And when she crashes down finally onto Earth and uh, lands in this lake and like crawls up onto the beach, you realize like, oh my God, color and mm. nature and Earth. Like oh, we have this okay. beautiful planet and you just want to rejoice and spend all your time in it. And so it would make me feel like, okay, yes, I'm on a deserted island, but I should be grateful to be here. And if Sandy could make it through, oh. I'll make it through. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. And also, like, I'd like to say, yes, there is water, but it's salt water, Edison. You can't just be drinking gotta, up all the salt you water. You got to boil it. Okay. Well, girl, if there's no other water, then I'm dead in four days anyway. Yeah. And I got to watch <laughs> Gravity true. at least one more time. <laughs> all right. Fine. <laughs> How about you? Uh, you know what? I think that I'll just, I think I'm going to go with speed. Okay. Mm, yeah. Fair. Keanu, hot That's a Keanu. Good one. Yeah. I support fair. that choice. Totally fair. Okay. With the good comes the bad. So we have to pick our walk of shame. What movie of Sandra's do we just want to send down that walk of shame? 
Yeah, for me, it's going to be Miss Congeniality 2, Armed and Fabulous. Mm. Uh, is this movie as bad as Speed 2? No. <laughs> Do I love Miss Congeniality more than I love Speed? Yes. Therefore, I am more angry that they right. tainted the first film with this sequel. Right. Um, yeah, just just let it rest, guys. Not everything needs a sequel, you know? Mm. So, I never actually saw this one. Don't worry about it. Don't waste your time. Yeah. Uh, what about you Edison for me it's going to be Crash oh yeah um, (laughs) because justice for Brokeback Mountain yeah goodbye Crash yeah you can just crash right on into the oblivion so many things wrong with Crash I know yeah how about you Sinclair okay well I'm sending forces of nature down the walk of shame because freaking Ben Affleck he can just go down that walk of shame <laughs> that pig dog. Out of a, no pig dogs on my island. Out of all the leading men that Sandy mm. has in her filmography, Ben is definitely the worst. Bye, down the walk of shame. Bye. Forces of nature. She's actually lovely and vibrant in that movie, though, I must I've say. I've never She's seen really it. I, lovely. But I, I remember seeing the cover when I would go to like Blockbuster in the 90s and it's like that green and it's like she's falling away, right? Yeah, she's a very like, like free-spirited, cool mm. character. She's, yeah, she's lovely. Yeah, but, and then he's mm. in it, but yeah. Well, this has been another episode of Talk Movie to Me. If you would like to get in touch with us, our email is talkmovietome at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at talkmovietome. Tweet at us at TMTM Podcast. Rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Become a Patreon member, patreon.com slash talkmovietome. I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm six feet under, apparently. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> He's out of sand. <laughs>